Hello and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mac. Today we're making surpipes. Surpipes. I, I don't know if I can pronounce that the same way as my grandmother did, but anyway, surpipes are a dish that my grandmother made and my mother made. And we had them probably, I don't know, we probably had this once a week, every other week. We had it pretty often. It was good. It was something we kind of looked forward to. If grandma said she made sore pipes, we were all excited. When I was about 12 years old, I asked my grandmother, what is it? Is that the is that an Italian word? Is sore pipes an Italian word or something like that? You know, what does it mean? And she goes, no, it's sewer pipes. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you know, the pipes along the road that the sewer runs in. And I said, what in the world? Well, apparently, this is a an Italian thing. I've discovered this on the Italian food blog site that I'm on. Apparently, a lot of Italian grandmas called rigatoni, the longer rigatoni, sewer pipes. Okay? But the way my grandmother said it, it didn't sound like sewer pipes. It sounded like sore pipes. So that's what we always called it. So I'm sticking with that, and that's what I'm naming this recipe. Because I did a lot of asking about this. If anybody knew, is this a traditional Italian recipe? Is there a name for this? There really isn't. There really isn't that I could find a name for this particular thing. So one of the persons on the blog suggested that this is probably a family recipe that was developed, you know, either in Italy or here over time. And it's just something special to our family, the way the sauce is made and the way that the treatment that the pasta gets and everything. Well, I did find a recipe for an Italian dish that is a chuck roast or a pot roast cooked in tomato sauce. The tomato sauce almost works as sort of a gravy, but it is not mixed with pasta and served with pasta. It's like the main dish and then it can be served with risotto or pasta or vegetables or whatever, but the the roast kind of stands alone. But in this recipe, the chuck roast is cooked in the sauce and then removed and the pasta is added to the sauce and then the meat is re-added to the sauce or added to the dish. So kind of like the chuck roast pieces serve as the meatballs in the dish, I guess you would say. This is an easy recipe. It's a great recipe to use a crock pot with, which is what I did because it needs to cook for a long time. So this is something that you can put in in the morning, let it cook all day and finish it off at night, which is what I did the last time I made it to get the recipe instructions down. And it worked really well, very good in the crock pot. It's like made for the crock pot, this recipe. If you don't want to use a crock pot or uh, you don't have one, you can make this in a Dutch oven in your oven, or you can even do it on your stovetop, but I think it would work best in an oven where it can just cook slow and low and take its time, you know. So that's why I said perfect for the crock pot. You'll need a big crock pot. I used about a two-pound chuck roast with mine. You want it to be a bone-in chuck roast. It's better with a bone-in chuck roast for the flavor. I had about a two-pound chuck roast with a giant bone in it. So you know you don't get that much meat off of it after, you know, but it was enough. And then you'll need about 48 ounces of tomato puree. I used too much. I used two quarts of tomato puree and I had too much sauce. But I wanted to make sure I had enough for the roast and to cover it and everything. 
So I would say 48 ounces is just about perfect. And you'll need one can, the small size can of tomato paste. I did not write down on my recipe sheet the ounce size of the tomato paste, but you know, that little size. I think it's usually like three ounces or something like that. Yeah, three or six or something. It's just a little teeny can. You'll need some granulated onion, granulated garlic, dried basil, salt, pepper, and a bay leaf for making your sauce. You'll need one one pound package of rigatoni. And you want to get, if you look at uh, rigatoni, it's numbered on the box. It'll say what size it is or on the bag. So what you want is a number 21 or longer. The number 21 is about two inches long segments of rigatoni. They most resemble sewer pipes. Yeah, you you want it to resemble a sewer pipe, (laughs) an actual sewer pipe. Now, my mom often used uh, masticioli or ziti. Usually, if she used that, it was the thing that the Italians never use, which is the smooth-sided, but I think it's all she could get that was the size she wanted. So you you don't ever... Here's a side tip. You don't ever want to use the smooth pasta. You want your pasta to have lines on the outside of it because that holds your sauce. So like if you're getting penne, you want to get the penne regatte. Yes. Usually there's like a window where you can see into it anyway. Yeah. So ziti, you want the regatte. You want, as Anna said, the regatte. You know, any type of pasta, you don't want smooth on the outside of it because the sauce doesn't stick. And this is a funny little side note. I guess during COVID in Italy... When they were running out of food, the only kind of pasta that was left in stores was the pasta that was smooth on the outside. I think it was specifically the smooth penne. Yeah. <laughs> so they got down to the point where they were forced to use the smooth sided, the smooth penne. So you don't ever want to use that. You also need for this one extra large or large egg, and it's going to be beaten when you get ready to use it. So you want to have one beaten egg. So you want to get your large crock pot or heavy bottom Dutch oven ready. Take your chuck roast and you want to trim any excess fat off of it because you don't want all that fat in your sauce. All right. So just trim any excess fat off of that. And you want to put your bay leaf into the bottom of the pot or crock pot first and then set your chuck roast on top of that. Take your granulated onion, granulated garlic basil, salt, and pepper, and you're going to season both sides of your chuck roast. Once you've trimmed that fat off, take your salt and pepper, onion, garlic, and basil, and you're going to sprinkle a little bit of that on each side. Now, I put a note on here that I, you know, how much that I used in the actual sauce, but this is the pre-sauce part. So just sprinkle somewhat liberally to your liking. If you don't like a lot of salt, don't use a lot of salt, however you want to do it. I just usually sprinkle enough on there that you can see it, you know, on the meat, but it's not like solidly covered. You know what I mean? And just do one side. And how I did it was I put the bay leaf into the pot. I seasoned one side of the chuck roast and then flipped it and put the seasoning side down on top of the bay leaf. And then I seasoned the top of it. And I let that sit for a second while I was getting my other stuff ready. I don't brown my roast first, and neither did my mother or grandmother. We always just cooked it in the sauce. I prefer to do it that way. 
Uh, so I would say if you're going to try this recipe and you're a person who typically browns it, try it my way first. And then if you if you don't think you like it like that, then do it your way and brown the meat. But I just don't brown the meat because I like, I like it to kind of be poached in the sauce. Now you've got your roast seasoned sitting on top of the bay leaf in the crock pot. So now you want to open your cans of tomato puree and your tomato paste and very carefully pour that around the edges of the roast so you're not just washing all the seasoning off. So I kind of let it creep up on top of the roast so it, you know, stayed there a little bit. And then I put my paste in and one can of water. I just rinsed out, cleaned out the little paste can and poured that in too. And then I seasoned the top of the sauce. And this is what I do in episode 78 of our podcast. We talked about making my spaghetti sauce recipe. And the way that I do my sauce is I season the top of my sauce. Now this time, this is what I put. So I don't always do it exactly the same. But for this recipe, I put a half teaspoon of salt, a fourth teaspoon of pepper, a half teaspoon of garlic, and a half teaspoon of onion and one teaspoon of basil right on top of the sauce. And then I let that cook and kind of bubble up onto the seasoning for about an hour, two hours maybe, before I actually stir it all in. I just let it sit there and, you know, kind of do what it's doing before I stir it. So just to clarify, you don't stir the tomato paste and the tomato puree together before you add the seasoning. You just put everything in the crock pot and then put the seasoning on top and let it go. Yeah, because it takes it in your crock pot, it takes it about two hours to where it's really heating up and beginning to simmer. So I just kind of let it all sit there and dissolve itself instead of, you know, trying to get in there and stir it and everything. And then by the time it warms up and you stir it, the spices have absorbed moisture and kind of reconstituted and mix in really nicely. So that's just the way I do it. You can do it however you want to, but that's how I do it. And I just want to make sure, too, when you add the can of water, it's the little paste can yes. size, not, not the big can. Yes, it's the little tiny paste can, not the big can. Now, you're going to let this cook for eight hours on low until the meat falls off of that bone, which is, I guess, that's why you want to use a bone in also because then you know the meat's done. So you want to let it go until the meat's falling off the bone. Mine cooked for a good eight to nine hours before I pulled the meat out of it. And it, oh, it smelled wonderful. So now we're to the pasta point. We're to the point where your sauce is about ready. You can, as it's cooking and the meat will begin to float up in the sauce and everything, you can stir that occasionally, especially if you're doing stovetop. But in the crock pot, you don't really need to mess with it too much. But you can give it a little stir every once in a while. If you do it in the oven, same thing. You can give it a little stir. And if you're going to do this in the oven, you want to bake this on 300 so that you're at a nice low temperature. We're taking our time with it. Once you get to the point where you're ready to do the pasta and your meat is beginning to fall off the bone, here's what you do. You're going to take a slotted spoon and you're going to remove all the meat that you can from the pot to a big platter. And you're going to get that bone out of there and cool it off and give it to your dog if you want to. <laughs> and trim the meat and cut it up into pieces. I don't know, about meatball size pieces works nice. So let the meat cool a little bit, trim it, cut it up, put it into a separate oven-proof pot. 
cover with sauce from your crock pot, and then put a lid on it and set it in the warm oven. Just leave your oven on warm, like 170 degrees, just to keep that warm. Now that your meat's taken care of, give your sauce a little stir and everything, and you're ready to go. You want to bring five quarts of water to boil in a nice big pan. Add maybe a half teaspoon of salt to that. Get that boiling. And then you're going to cook your rigatoni to package directions, which is just about mm, 11 to 12 minutes. You want it to be al dente. You don't want it to be mushy. So, you know, you, you if you look on the package, it'll tell you, you know, the timing. right? But it's around 11 or 12 minutes. When it's done... You want to drain that, rinse it lightly just to get any extra starch off of it. I know a lot of people don't like to rinse pasta. I am a pasta rinser, so I don't like it to stick together. Rinse that little bit of starch off. Drain it real good and put your pasta into the sauce that's in your crock pot. You want to stir that and let it cover it and coat it real good. So, you know, fold your pasta into it. Make sure the sauce is all over the pasta. Now we're to the egg part. Take your egg, crack it into a small bowl, and beat it up real good. And then, quickly, with a spoon in one hand and your egg dish in the other, dump your egg into that hot pasta and stir it around with your spoon. Keep stirring it until the egg is cooked. You'll notice your sauce will get a slightly lighter color. You'll get little dribbles of egg cooked through it. And then... Let that sit for a couple minutes while you're getting your table ready. When you're ready to serve, you can serve the meat on the side in a dish with the sauce. Serve your pasta in a nice big pasta bowl. You can set your meat right in the middle of the pasta in the pasta bowl, which is a wonderful presentation. You can just put the meat back into the rigatoni and stir it up and serve it like that, however you want. We always just put the meat back into it and stirred it around. But when I did it this last time, I just put it in my big flat pasta bowl and put that meat in the middle and boy, did it look nice. And serve nice and hot with a little extra sauce if you want. And it is a delicious meal. The sauce is amazing. The flavor from cooking this chuck roast in there is is just amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. This is a family favorite, and I have to say, I made this after I first got married, because we had this all the time, right? So I made this for my husband, and he did not like it. So I, I was like, what, what's not to like? It's delicious. The the pasta, the egg, and the pasta. How do you not like this? But he didn't like it, so I had I didn't make it. I hadn't made this for a long time. So when I thought of this, doing it for the podcast, I thought, I like it, so I'm making it. And guess what? He likes it now. Now he thinks it's really good. He couldn't believe how good it was. And I'm like, all these years I could have been making this. <laughs> so now, guess what? I'm going to be making this a lot. But it's really good. I hope you give it a try. And I hope you enjoy my Grandma Pellegrino's sore pipes recipe. And make sure to check us out online on Facebook and Instagram at Mary Mac Bakehouse on Twitter at Mobile Mary Mac and Mary Mac Podcast, and on our website, MaryMacPodcast.com. Thanks a lot for listening if you did, and if you didn't, too bad for you.